Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Uh, I did notice over the last few days uh, that the Supercoach 2024 team picker uh, has opened up. I posted a couple of things about it the other day, sort of taking the piss out of Timmy Williams and whatnot. And uh, some of you, a heap of you, have already sent me your teams that you've made and whatnot, which is fantastic. Love how keen this community is to get stuck into it. Uh, As I've said to all of you that have sent me messages that I've seen, uh, I haven't done mine yet. I've sort of been saving it to do a bit of a live reaction on the podcast, which I'm going to sort of go... uh, uh, position by position and just give my initial thoughts. Uh, I've had a very quick squiz over it. I haven't put anyone into a team or anything like that, but I've had a little squiz over it and I've just I've just noted down some thoughts uh, for Supercoach Classic uh, 2024, my early sort of thoughts on it, a few things for you guys to consider. Uh, I've, I've actually consumed a bit of content from other content creators, had a look at some of the thoughts that are getting around, some really interesting perspectives getting around uh, the community. I've found some new uh, content creators that I, I hadn't seen previously as well. So great to see so many uh, Supercoach content creators getting in nice and early and getting stuck in. So make sure if you're a keen Supercoach player, go out and support them. Do a bit of research, find some new people, have a look at different perspectives and whatnot uh, because there are plenty of different perspectives getting out there that are worth having a look at. Uh, For me... Obviously, uh, beers and break evens will be returning in the next few weeks. I think you'll sort of see us at the end of January. Got to catch up with the great T Rex over the next week or two and work out exactly what it's going to look like for us. But we will be doing what we did last year, going position by position. Uh, we'll have you know team reveals and whatnot, team updates throughout the preseason. We'll be going pretty heavy on trials. Uh, we'll obviously have Vegas sort of in the middle of that. Then we'll have some country tours once the season starts. So uh, it's going to be a pretty busy start to the season for beers and break evens. We've got a big reveal as well, which is super exciting. Uh, but when I have a look at Supercoach Classic 2024, just some things that I noted down just off the top of my head uh, that I thought of first. 
Um, I think, obviously, last year was the first year with the buys. I personally think uh, we maybe overthought that a little bit. I, I'm i not going to let the buy schedule deter me too much. Uh, I know that, like, at the start of last season, I think it was Nico Hines had a buy early or someone, or maybe it was Nathan Cleary had a buy early. And I, I know that we were sort of thinking, oh, do we stick away from them? For the one-week sacrifice, I, I really don't think it's worth worrying about it too much. That's going to be my take heading into 2024 anyway. That's what I sort of learned from 2023. So buys, I'm not going to freak out too much about them from a classics perspective. Obviously, draft, very different. You need to take them into consideration, especially for, well, essentially only for your finals, in my opinion. But I think for Supercoach Classic, and obviously that's what we've got open here uh, with the team picker, you obviously don't... I'm not going to be looking too heavily into buys this season. Um, I think as well... I think last year what sort of trapped a lot of people was looking too heavily into into just your schedule of who you're playing and whatnot, your draw. Um, and I just think this year it is just going to be such an open competition. I think I've, I've honestly got 12 or 13 teams that I think – you know, should probably be a top eight team next year. So I think it's going to be a really, really tight competition. I just think that, you know, when I have a look at these teams, especially for the first five or six weeks, I go, okay, who do I think is going to be the worst teams? And you know what? I I look at the Dragons and I go, probably the Dragons. Uh, But, you know, they're never quite as bad as what we think they're going to be. And if, you know, we get to week 10 and the Dragons are doing okay and they're sitting in ninth or 10th, we're going to go, oh, well, you know, Shane Flanagan signed on. We know that Shane Flanagan is one of the few premiership winning coaches. He has been successful in the past. So, you know, sure, they've got players like Ben Hunt. They've got players like Zach Lomax, Jack DeBellin with potential. So even the Dragons that I think are a shit fight and who I will probably tip to get the wooden spoon – I look at them and I go, fuck, am I super confident they're going to be fucking awful? Probably not. Tigers, they won the last two or three spoons in a row. You know, they should be improved. A lot has changed there. And I just think as well that with the start of the regular season, I think it's something we learn more and more every single year, but I think a lot of people forget it by the time we get around to the start of the season is that, they tend to be tighter, closer games. You tend not to have these big explosion super coach scores because the reality is all teams, you know, all teams that are fair income anyway, in my opinion, they come into the season with a big emphasis on defense. And if you don't have a big emphasis on defense coming into the season, uh, honestly, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, realistically, you know, it is year after year the best team, the, the best defensive team, they tend to win the competition. If not, they're top three, you know, and it's, uh, you know, like I, I can't remember the last time a team was without top three defense, didn't win the competition. I think it's been like eight years running. You look at Penrith, uh, the dynasty that they've built, they're probably the best defensive team I've ever seen. So I just think the start of the season will be really, really tight. And I think we just need to keep that in mind. And I think it's a lesson we learn year after year, but I just think we we really need to keep that in mind that I don't think you will have these unbelievable super coach scores. In fact, you know, if I was to go to... uh, you know, the games from last year and go to the early parts of the season. Let's just have a look at how... And, you know, guys, I could be completely wrong here. You guys know I do all these podcasts very live, very raw. See how we went, though. So, like, the opening game of the season was 16 points to 12. Melbourne uh, over the Eels. Um... Uh, Junior Bolo scored a try, got 103. Josh King scored 96. Hopgood scored 101. Harry Grant, 91. So once again, no, like, astronomically big scores. Um, You know, obviously you had... um, Wait a minute. I am not on the last week of the season. That went back to round 27. Good. 
Good, good, good live podcasting. This is great. Um, sorry, back to round one. You know, you then had the Warriors and the Knights. High score, Wade Egan, 99. For the Knights, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, 74. You then had the Panthers-Broncos game. Payne Haas scored a 79. Sonny Luke was the highest scorer for Penrith. 59. Sorry, Liam Martin got an 83. Um, you then go, you know, like even the Seagulls, they, they, they beat the Canterbury Bulldogs 31 points to 6. Chez scored three tries and scored 119. Ruben Garrick, 110. Turbo, 97. Like, all good scores, but in a 25-point victory over Canterbury, you probably expect, you know, a bigger score than 119. Like, DC, 119. He scored three fucking tries in that. Uh, you then go to the Cowboys over the Raiders, 19 points to 18. Tight, reasonably low-scoring game once again. Highest scorers were 74 and 73. The next game was the Rabbitohs and the Sharkies. Campbell Graham, I think, scored a double that day, scored 110. Um, 27 points to 18. Once again, close score. You know, highest score there for the Sharkies was Will Kennedy with a 70. Uh, the, the the Dolphins obviously beat the Roosters that day. Huge upset. Uh, Jermaine Osaka had an absolute blinder. He scored 108. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King, 89. The highest scorer for the Roosters, Lindsay Collins with a try, 66. Uh, and then you had the last game of the week was the Titans, 22 over the Tigers, 10. Um, no one scored above 85 in that game. So, you know, when you have a look at the first week, not too many teams conceded more than, you know, 25-odd points. Um, so like, I, I think that it will be very tight to start the season. I think that's something that we need to keep in mind. I think that your captain's choices, I think they'll be much of a muchness. Um, you know, and I, I haven't had a huge, deep look at the draw for the start of next season, but I, I don't really care who's playing who. All teams will come in with a real defensive mindset. They'll have six months to prepare for this. They'll be up to prove a lot of things. And I think it's once you get past that week one, two, three, then things start to open up a little bit more um, and you know I'm doing this live once again but you have a look at round two Penrith beat South 16 points to 10 you had the Sharkies game and the Eels that was a high scoring affair 30 to 26 uh, but then you have a look outside of that really not high wildly high scoring games with huge blowouts a lot of games were 1 to 12 across this weekend in fact um, nearly every single game was 1 to 12 except one in week two uh, that was 32 points to 18 the Dragons over the Titans two of the you know teams that were bottom four by the end of the season so I just think we need to keep in mind for the start of the season there probably won't be too many points scored. I think that if you're not starting with you know, your Nico Hines or your Nathan Cleary's, history sort of tells us it probably won't cost you as much as it feels like it will cost you. Uh, You have a look at like Nathan Cleary's scores from last year. Just getting up his stats. I remember, you know, he started reasonably slow um, you know, because the Panthers started slow because everyone was going after them and, you know, they were really tight, low-scoring games. I think I did start with Nate Cleary in the end, but, like, if you didn't, his scores for the first few weeks were 53, 40, 77, 124. But then you start to see once week two and three passed and, you know, the wear and tear of rugby league and everyone's done with that high of a defensive mindset to start the season, then you start to see Nate go, you know, 77, 124, 158, 86, 60, 44, 120, 85, 125. Starts to open up a little bit more then. I think that first month of Supercoach, uh, is where I, I think it will be very tight like it is most other seasons. I think that we, you know, we get used to the end of the season where everyone's scoring hundreds and everyone's going fucking nuts. Everyone turns a new leaf and everything's a little bit tighter. And I especially think 
these teams going to Vegas. Um, you know, a lot of people have messaged me sort of saying, oh, it's going to be interesting to see how Supercoach does that first week. And I completely agree. I have no idea what that's going to look like. So if you're not up to date with it, there's going to be round zero, which is going to be the two Vegas games. And the weekend after that will be round one. So I don't know if Supercoach is going to be locked from round zero all the way to the end of round one, uh, which if it does... I would assume we'll get a teamless Tuesday for the Vegas games uh, before round zero. And then in between round zero and round one on that Tuesday, we'll probably get the six other games teamless. I can't imagine them doing it a week early. So I'm not sure how it's all going to play out. We'll have to see how it goes. But there might be a case of we see the Vegas teamless uh, and then it locks on that Sunday afternoon before we see the other six teams. So your round one picks could be fucking crucial this year because... We might not have an opportunity to unlock our teams and change it around. Maybe they'll do it in two separate lockouts. I'm not too sure, uh, but I think it will be interesting how that plays out. And I'm sure, well, I'm confident Supercoach will let us know beforehand how that's going to work. I will just give this little warning about these Vegas games, which I'm planning to be there for, which is super exciting. I look at it and I go, you know what? The NRL, they're pushing how exciting rugby league, all this sort of stuff is. I read the other day that uh, because obviously it's going to be played on on an NFL ground, um, you know, 100 metres and 100 yards are very different things. I think it will be a, a couple of metres thinner, the field. So I think it'll be less wide. So all of a sudden, you know, this exciting brand they're pushing and whatnot, uh, which I think a lot of people are expecting to see in Vegas. I wouldn't be surprised if these are really tight affairs. The, sm- the field's going to be a little bit smaller. There's going to be a little bit less room to play with. So for me, I probably wouldn't be punning like, yes, completely fair, take a VC option there. Uh, but I sure as fuck wouldn't be going with a captain option over there in Vegas. I would be waiting for the next week when everyone's back at home. Uh, and I wouldn't be expecting wildly high scores from your outside backs and your halves over there in Vegas. Uh, we know the NRL is pushing an exciting brand and stuff over there. And I've had people tell me, oh, the boys are going to throw the ball around. Personally, I don't think there's a fucking hope in hell they're going to throw the ball around. I think that these coaches are going to go, sweet, we'll go to Vegas for you. We'll put on the show. But these are two points at the end of the day. And that's all it is to us. We are going to do whatever we can to win this game of football. We know that traditionally round one games, they are tight defensively. Uh, You've got four pretty handy teams going over there as well. Manly, probably the wild card. Uh, But I think most of us would have the other three teams in our top eight. And I think a lot of us would probably have Manly in our top eight if we know Turbo is going to play, which it sounds like he will be over there. Um, I think on a small, slightly smaller field, which, you know, an extra three or four metres, it might not sound like much, but... I think it will have an impact. I think it definitely will have an impact and it'll just make life a little bit easier for those sides to defend. So I think it is something to keep an eye on. I'm not expecting huge Supercoach scores from round one of Supercoach and I'm definitely not expecting huge Supercoach scores from Vegas. So just something to keep in mind there. I don't think they're going to throw the ball around like the NRL is probably hoping. I think they'll be really tight, brutal affairs, uh, those games. Um now, I will get into it when I go position by position over the next podcast that we'll be dropping over the next few days, uh, but I think this year is going to be really tough. I think the number one thing that stood out to me when I went through it is that there aren't a stack of just absolute standout cheapies, just absolute knock it out of the park. Those are the guys you need. Uh, there's not a heap of guys under 300K that I look at and go, I am very confident picking you. There's a couple that if they're named for round one, which we might not know when we need to know, depending on how this whole Vegas lockout shit goes, you know, like a Harley Smith Shields is sub 300k. He looks very appealing to me if he is in that starting side, but they've got a lot of outside backs up there. They've got so many fullbacks, they can't fit them all into the side. Uh, I look at my boy from the Cronulla Sharks, Ito, who I think is a really good get. I think he will start in the vast majority of most teams, if not, you know, nothing else on the bench. 
But, I mean, and personally, I would move Siffer back into the middle. But, I mean, Craig Fitzgibbon, you know, he had Ittero last year. He didn't make that move. Who's to say that he doesn't keep Siffer out there? I think a lot of people want to jump on Siffer's back and whatnot. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he's averaging 180 metres at centre. Like, he's not doing a terrible job out there. He's doing a good job. Could it be better? Yes, don't get me wrong. But I'm not completely convinced that Ittero starts round one either. I'm hoping he does, and I'll be tipping him to. But I'm far from confident that he does. I'm sure we'll get some cheapies out of the Canberra Raiders, who they are. I'm not too sure, though. Chevy Stewart, I'm a big fan of. I think he's a little bit raw at the moment. I probably don't think he's quite ready for first grade. Ethan Strange, I also don't think he's quite ready for first grade. K.O. Weeks, he's probably the most likely option now. Um, and, you know, He's cheap. Is he going to be playing there in five weeks' time? I, I'm not convinced on that either. To be completely honest with you, he got heaps of opportunities for the Manly Seagulls last year. Didn't really blow it away. Maybe a new team, new opportunity. Maybe that'll start to change. But uh, there's a lot of things to consider. Uh, there's a lot of guys that I... I personally think this year it's going to be who decides on the best mid-round cheapies. And I think it's going to be really crucial when and where you use your trades and how right you get it for round one. Because I think that there aren't going to be a stack of cheapy options that we can downgrade to. I think the mid-rangers are going to really decide a lot of... um, I think they're going to decide a lot of the spots this year. I think it's going to be a tough start. I think we're going to feel like our team's not making money and it's a real grinding away, but I think the reality is going to be that everyone's going to be in the same boat. I personally think this is going to be the hardest year we've had so far. Obviously, last year the buyers came in. That was fucking brutal. But when I just have a look at the way that the comp is structured and the way, sorry, the way that the positions are structured and certain jewels that have been lost and whatnot and the lack of genuine cheapies, even the mid-rangers that look very appealing, a lot of them are far from safe. Like The Roosters have three and four options. I think everyone will end up with a Roosters back rower, whether it be one Tupanua, Angus Crichton. I don't know who it's going to be. And you might get to week three and that might completely change. I look at the Broncos. There's a couple of forwards up there. Pierre Cura, uh, Hetherington. Uh, you got the fellow from the Roosters going up there as well, Fletcher. So, like, there's there's plenty of options there, but who's the right guy? I'm not too sure. Thankfully, both those teams go to Vegas, so hopefully we'll know who's starting and whatnot after week one, and that'll give us a good indication. But other sides... I think it's a real lottery. I think it's going to be a very, very brutal year because of all the mid-rangers and the fact that round one, it might be harder than ever to really get your team right. Uh, I think that more so than ever, once again, I think it's going to be super important to use your trades early. I think you need to use trades. I'll be trying to hold a boost, but I think the reality is that if you don't get it right early, you need to use your boost early to sort of um, catch up and 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 make and put yourself in a good spot. Me and Timmy were lucky last year. We started pretty well, which allowed us to have trades towards the back end of the season. And I found, you know, as is always the way, there's people that are at the top and they're flying through the regular season. They're top 1,000, top 2,000. They're killing it. But then we get to five weeks to go and you've got no fucking trades left. And for me, I know there was a lot of blow up by people that were at the top last year that because there was so many restings and everything. But like, fuck, I think if you don't if you don't have that through your head now that you're going to need trades at the back end of the season, um, you're not unlucky. You're a shit super coach player, in my opinion. You need to be aware that that is how the season's going to play out. There are going to be restings to key players towards the back end of the season. Guys that are having very good super coach seasons, they tend to translate to NRL, which tends to mean they're in decent NRL teams, which tends to mean they're in spots where they can rest towards the end of the season. We already know that there are going to be key guys that we know are going to be super relevant in Supercoach who will be looking for rest towards the back end of the season because they've played finals last year. They've then played Origin. I'm looking at Nathan Cleary. I'm looking at Brian Toto. I'm looking at Reese Walsh. I'm looking at Payne Haas. The list goes on and on and on, and we know who these guys are, and you need to be aware of that coming into the back end of the season. So balancing out 
where you use your trades, which mid-rangers you get. There's going to be a lot of shit to sort out. And I personally think that a lot of these mid-rangers that we're hoping are going to jump into spots, I think all of them, nearly all of them have another two or three guys that are in the squad that could take that spot if it doesn't work out pretty fucking quickly, which is the reality of Supercoach. We know that. But I, I think it's going to be very tough to start the season. Hook is going to be interesting. We'll get to that uh, when we get to that episode. But it's Harry Grant um, fucking daylight than everyone else. Uh, and I'm not quite sure what the best option is going to be there. And I'm not, you know, Harry Grant might be the best hooker by a mile. But are you getting value when you pick Harry Grant? I'm not too sure. Is he going to play 60 minutes? Does it matter if he plays 60 minutes? Has he got so much upside that it doesn't matter? He's going to play Penrith week one. I'm not expecting him to score too many points there. Will people look elsewhere? Jaden Braille is cheap, but, you know, Phoenix Cross is going to take minutes. Is he really that much cheap? Do you want to spend these trades on trying to grab a hundred grand at hooker when you've got all these mid-ranges to sort out? There is just so much to look into. I'm not too sure which way it's going to play out. I also think with front row forwards, I've been saying it for a long time in the draft arena. I just think, fuck it. Leave it to the end. Grab them. If you can get a Tarpanay or one of these guys, good on you. That's fantastic. Um, Payne Haas, Tarpanay, you know, maybe a Cotter. Uh, you know, these really good upside front rowers, Adam Fanua Blake with heaps of potential. But if you can't get them, I sort of say in draft, leave it towards the very back end, which I've done for a few years, which has worked out really well for me. Uh, and I'm looking at Classic at the moment going, Jesus. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Is there anyone that's really jumping out of me? I didn't start with Payne Haas last year. To be honest with you, it didn't really hurt me. Um, Flegler's obviously left, so does Payne Haas jump up a little bit there? Can Payne Haas keep doing what he is doing? Um, you know, last year he played an Origin Series. He went all the way to the Grand Final. He had a huge Grand Final. He then went and played for the Kangaroos. Um, you know, he's going to have to go to Vegas to start this season. He's got an Origin Series coming up in the middle of the year. Does all that sort of start to come up, start to catch up on one of the most high-volume guys we've ever seen in rugby league ever? There is just... So so much to consider, so much to take in, and that is the beauty of Supercoach. But these are just a few factors that I think you need to consider and the things that are on my mind before I go position by position and talk about the options there. Uh, guys, we are over the next day or two. We're going to go position by position. Some of them will merge together and um, we'll drop them over the next two to three days for you guys to have a listen to that are super keen. That will be my live reaction to what I think of each player and how they sort of fit into a side and what I think their value is at, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they will be a little bit slapstick as it always is with our raw and live Supercoach content. Uh, but you guys know how it works in the preseason, you need to throw a lot of shit at the wall and see what sticks. It is going to be super fun to go through it. I can't fucking wait, to be completely honest with you. Uh, so stay tuned for that content over the next two days or so. Uh, but this podcast here was just a little insight to the way that I'm looking at it early, the way that I think it's going to play out in 2024, the things that I think are going to be an issue, the major challenges and whatnot, uh, my thoughts on buys, my thoughts on you know the couple of cheapies that might pop up, uh, and how on earth we're going to navigate this whole Las Vegas thing, and the Teamless Tuesday, and the lockout, and what Supercoach is going to do with it. Uh, it is going to be a wild, 
wild few months. And beers and break-evens will be there with you all the way. Myself and Timmy, we will be back in a couple of weeks with a bit of a new-look show, which is super fucking exciting, some new people to introduce you to. Uh, it is going to be unreal and so much super coach to get stuck into. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 